most part, in my mind, it makes the most sense to set appointments, these, these, these clients. Um, for me personally, I get way more success when I'm setting an appointment and I'm going back and I'm talking to him again, um, rather than me trying to call and close on the first call. They feel like it's rushed. They feel like it's, it's, you know, um, they don't have, I think psychologically it just gives them more comfort to, to move forward on that second call rather than us having to like go all the way through it's a new concept to them. And then they have, you know, this decision to make, and then we're going through the banking and getting the payment and all that right away. So to me, it makes the most sense to set appointments. I have a lot of success with it. I've gone back and forth with Jimmy with it on it uh, a ton um, because Jimmy and I, you know, we're, we're trying to one call close here and there, but um, for him, but for the most part, setting um, appointments has been what's been keeping us really successful consistently. So um, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about that opening phone call and what that looks like and how to have that initial conversation and what we need to do and just what we actually are going to be um, saying and kind of how we tee up that call to have, you know, uh, I would say like credibility to move into the sale, right? So the biggest thing with setting the appointments is to mirror their energy. Um, so if you guys are taking notes, like I would write a bullet point next to like mirror their energy. If, if people are at work, or they're driving, or they don't want to be on the phone right now. Like I'm acting like that's the exact, like that's exactly why I'm calling. We want to make sure that we get to you when you do have time. First call is just to make sure we set up that second time with you, right? Hey, just wanted to verify I have the right person on the phone. We just want to make sure that currently, um, you know, you are who you say you are. It looks like we got Zach and you're 62 years old. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. So just to make sure that we do get you when you are free, right? And then we'll go and we'll try to set an appointment. Um, and it's, it's really simple and it's, it keeps them feeling like we're not pushy, right? With final expense, it's different because we probably won't get them on the phone um, too many more times. With these exclusive leads that we have access to, like they're not getting bombarded, right? So they're not getting as many phone calls. It's a different conversation. Um, they're a little bit more laid back. Uh, for the most part, right? And I think something that's important is on the first call, if I can go and I can get more information, like you'll see me on live dials sometimes push farther and farther and farther. And I'm kind of seeing how much I can get before I set the appointment. And a lot of them originally will just naturally say like, hey, can you call me back? You know, can we do this another time? Because they just, they just don't want to, they just want to have the heads up to move forward with it when it, you know, on their terms, right? It's our job to get them to believe that it is on their terms, even though they're they're playing right into what we want them to play into. Um, so for us to be able to get them to uh, have a, have the best opportunity, choose an option to want to move forward to to get the coverage, right? We have to make them feel comfortable with us on the phone right then and there. So it's important. Again, we're matching their tone, we're matching their pace. We're on their side. We're on their team. And the way that we're going to do that is by completely mirroring their energy. If they're slow and smooth and steady, hey, man, I'm slow and smooth and and steady. Let's go slow. Let's not talk fast. If it's someone that's a little bit older, maybe like if I have someone above 65, naturally, I'll just speak a little bit more slowly. If I have someone who's, you know, maybe in their 40s, I can speak more, more normal pace probably, right? 
And so on that first call, whatever their, you know, attitude is, their tone, hey, man, I was just looking at the options. No worries. Uh, we just have this first phone call to make sure we got the right person. I'll go do some homework. I'll go look at some programs, bring them to the second call. Are you usually home today? Six o'clock? Is that, is that usually when you're back home? Most people that I work with are, right? Something along the lines of that. A um, couple tips that if you're taking notes, I would write down, if you can schedule it for the same day, it's going to be the most fresh on their mind. I try to schedule everything for one day for, for like, if I'm making calls at eight o'clock in the morning and I can schedule it, but you know, a lot of these people are working. So between like three and like seven o'clock, you're going to get a lot of appointments. Um, that has worked tremendously for me. I love doing that. I think it makes sense. Um, you know, if I'm getting internet leads in and I have leads coming in daily, uh, you know, maybe if someone no shows, I'm going to make dials to set appointments for tomorrow in that afternoon slot. But like, I'm still, um, I'm out, I'm always dialing and actively working. Right. But I'm just kind of trying to get to people when it's the most fresh on their mind. So if they filled something out today, I want to get to them today. I want to try to get them on the phone today. They're very high intent, right? If someone filled something out three days ago, I'm still going to call them and run the same play and I'm going to hammer them and get them on the phone. But if I get them today, I want to try to do everything I can to have that conversation today, right? Because they're the most fresh that they're going to be, the most open-minded, and then they're going to be the most um, intentful to, to really do something on that same first day call. Um, now, with that being said, with regards to the... Uh, um, sorry, letting a couple people in here. What's up, Trevor? Do you set send any kind of text reminders prior to the appointment or when when you get off the phone with them um, just to increase that show ratio of them sitting? Or do you do so, anything to increase the show ratio, I guess? Yeah. So usually what I do is I'll send a uh I will send a text message with just like a virtual business card that I made. Um, I went on Canva and just went to the designs and just typed in life insurance and then just filled in some of that info with like my information. I just wrote my national producer number, my cell phone number. I uploaded a picture of me. Um, and I just screenshotted that and I send that to people. And I just say, talk to you at six o'clock, right? Or talk to you at four o'clock right after I hang up. That's all I do. And I get pretty good results from it. Um, I think that the biggest thing is getting these people to commit on the phone. If we have the time to tie it down two to three times, um, sending that text right then and there, that'll help for sure. Um, but as long as they're truly interested, right? And so this is what I really wanted to talk about with you guys. And so Trevor, to answer your question, that's what I do personally. I know some people that send like an hour before message. I don't do that. I just call at that time. Um, but if these people don't seem like, like if they're like, yeah, yeah, you can call me later. I'm like, okay, perfect. Just wanted to make sure I had the right information. Um, you know, and I'll verify something. But then after that, what I really want to do is, is I want to intrigue them. If I have the time, I want them to lean in and be curious. It'll increase the odds of them showing up. I'm not going to give them any information because I want them to show up to the second call. So I'll ask questions like, Hey, uh, looks like we have your mortgage listed as you know, this amount, is that right? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, if something did happen, who would be, you know, who would be leaving, who we, who would we be leaving the home to? And they say, you know, my children, my husband, my wife, whatever it is. And I just say, okay. 
And currently right now, do you have anything that would help them be able to make those mortgage payments, right? Like this is the first phone call if I have the time to get them to be intrigued. And then if they're, if they really like, if they maybe seem like they're doing other stuff, I'll say, Hey, um, our programs will cover mortgage. We'll protect, we'll put protection on your mortgage, the equity and your income. Do you have anything like that right now? And they're like, no, what's that? Like, they don't know, right? Because they don't have anything like that. So now we're bringing up like new information to get them to be like, oh man, what is that? They're questioning it, right? They're curious. And that's going to increase the odds of them showing up on the second call. So by getting them to lean in a little bit, by getting them to kind of be more curious, I get a better show rate for sure. Um, some people will ask like, hey, like, uh, you know, I just wanted to know the price, right? And I'm like, sure, we can look at some options. Really just depends on what you want. Did you want to look at covering your whole mortgage, just the equity? Or did you want to get protection for uh, to replace your income as well, right? And they're like, oh, what do you mean, right? Now they're, they don't know, right? Like now where they're curious, we, we have to have the second call. We have to go over their situation. So it's important, right? Like, yes, they are filling something out. Yes, they are high intent leads. But at the same time, we don't want to just assume, like we want to do, we want to over, over, uh, I guess the word is like um, over deliver on that part, right? Like if we do more than we should, they should show up more. So it's important to make sure that when we are setting the appointment, we are getting them to lean in if we have the time because they will be like, oh man, this is something that I haven't heard of. What could cover your equity, your mortgage amount and your income? I haven't heard of that before, right? So just by giving them more to chew on right there at the end. And then I'm like really quickly taking it away and I'm like, all right, I'll go do some homework. I'll go look at some options for us. Is six o'clock or seven o'clock going to be better for a call, right? And I'm trying to set that appointment for the same day. Um and if they're like, hey, I'm at work, this isn't a good time. I'm like, no worries. Again, like I'm mirroring their, their energy. No worries. First phone call is really just to make sure we do have the right person on the phone. Glad that we do. And currently right now, it says that you're listed here in, in Arkansas. Is that right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Now, most of the people that we work with are sitting, um, they're usually at work during the day. So usually like between three and seven o'clock makes sense. Is that window work for you as well? Yes. Okay, cool. Is four or six better? Right. And I'll just, two options every time. Yes or no, every time to give them as little room as possible to be able to object out of it. But if they're rushing me and they're pushing me, I'm going quick as well. I'm like, hey, no worries. Don't want to keep you on the phone long. Perfect, right? I don't want to be on the phone with, with you for a while anyway. Um, So that is really the first call. Nine times out of 10, if you get someone on the phone, they're like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm looking into it. I can't talk right now. And then we're like, cool, no worries at all this is the best, like, is this best time or this is this the best time? What ends up happening is I would say about 50% show at that second call. If people do not show up, I shoot them a text message. And a lot of times they text back and I'll say like, is this still a good time? Right. And a lot of people are like, oh, can you call tomorrow? And I've had people that I try to get on the phone with like five times and, you know, they end up buying eventually, but it's, it takes a little bit of work. Right. Um, so these are exclusive leads. You are working them a little bit differently than those final expense leads. Um, now, with that being said, they're pretty expensive. Um, so like you, you need to take advantage of those opportunities when you do get them, because if you're not, then you're, you're not going to see the results, right? You have to be able to execute when you do get those presentations. Um, so rather than, you know, if someone doesn't show up to, a, to an appointment, I'm continuing to follow up with that person. I'm continuing to send text messages. I'm continuing to call. 
I am not going to let them off the hook just because they didn't show up once. Um, I know that I'm the only person that got their info. I know that I am the only person that they probably talked to about it. So I'm going to continuously follow up with them. Um, I really recommend that everybody follows that practice because they're expensive, you know, and, and they're, they're good leads. But once you kind of get in the rhythm of it, like the conversations are very similar and they're, they're just going to be uh, repetitive ways of selling these policies to people. Um, so like the conversations that you have, you'll see the same scenarios come up, you know, right. There's probably five or six of them. Right. And and you're just kind of like working that same walkthrough. Um, if you guys heard me on live Dallas today, you know, the guy had COPD, he was on oxygen, he was, he was unhealthy and we got him an AIG policy. Right. So like, you know, sometimes you do use, um, the simplify issue whole life policies. Now, with that being said, a lot of the times we're going to be writing term. Um, and as we go into that second call, I think it's very important at the beginning. So, you know, this is a, a good piece of advice to kind of give us credibility at the beginning of the call, right? When I call people, I don't, you know, I fully expect them to be there. I fully expect them to answer and I fully expect them to be ready to be able to talk to me. And I have no, like, that is the, that is what I'm assuming. We're going to go through with this. We're going to get this, right? So when they answer, I'm like, hey, Gabby, this is Tyler. I'll go ahead and grab a pen and paper. I want to make sure that we're going to get you some of this info today. You know, hey, Gabby, this is Tyler calling about the mortgage protection plans. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say something. I'll try to like take authority really quick or I'll ask a question right away, right? And, and what happens is instead of them being like, all right, what are the prices? They're like following my lead. And I'm walking them through the process, which is what we want. We, we want to walk them through the process. So it's important that they don't, you know, we're not just, you can kind of like, you know, build the rapport a little bit differently than the final expense clients, but you don't want to give them all the room to run around again, right? So at the beginning of the call, after you set that appointment, you want to take authority in the first 30 seconds because they're going to follow your lead from there. And if they don't, they're just getting information from you. And it's cool. They're going to go do business, you know, maybe with somebody else or maybe they never will. Right. Um, and so I'm going to recap beginning first phone call mirror their energy. If they're at work, cool. Perfect. I was only calling to make sure we had the right person on the phone. Just wanted to make sure we had you set up for the second call when the time made sense for you. Right. Set the appointment. If they give you some room, I tried to, you know, mention some of the benefits of the program to get them to lean in to want to learn more. And then I'm going to just say, Hey, we're going to set that appointment. We're going to set that second time to make sure that you do have, uh, you know, time to be able to take some notes for me, be able to write some things down with a pen and piece of paper. You are you usually home at about four o'clock or six o'clock, which one works better. Right. And so I'm going to let them lean in to want to know more. And then I'm going to pull it out, pull it away, set the appointment because that's just going to get them to show up a little bit better on the second call, right? Instead of someone just being like, yeah, yeah, you can call me at six. Now they're like, wait, what's the program? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'll pull some options up. We'll go over the plans on the second call. So now they're curious. Now they want to know more. And now they'll show up, set the appointment for the second call when they're curious. That's if we have the time. Um, when we do get, so once we, what up, Gabby? Hey, real quick, um, for mortgage protection, are you, 
again, painting with broad strokes, nothing is absolute, but are you always making that first call to set an appointment? So, yes, I am. And the reason is, is I think it's deeper than just setting an appointment. I think it gives them like the headspace to want to go forward with it on the second call. Um, rather than us getting them on the first call. And even if they are home, a lot of these people, I feel like when I go to present on the first one, they're just not ready to go forward. So for me, the second call gives enough time. And like, it's on, I was saying at the beginning, it's on their terms, which is what we want them to think. And they're like, it's, it's their decision. It's when they're available, they're choosing. And then we call them and then like, it's on their terms. And it doesn't feel forced, right? And so, you, yeah. And, okay, and a follow-up question to that is, I know you're working diligently to build the system uh, so that it becomes simple, not easy for this next layer. <clears throat> While you're building that system out, is there a consideration and or do you think it would be beneficial to train appointment setters for that first call. Yeah, so I have a VA that's calling for me. Um, absolutely. I think it's incredibly beneficial. And it is not that difficult since the leads are very intentful. So yes, it is, it is something where I think that we can all save a ton of time um, and I'm going to give you an example. If we have, you know, let's just say 10 leads that come in a day. And this is something that, you know, I've been talking a lot with Jimmy about. Just say that we get 10 leads a day or 20 leads a day. Um, whatever the case is, we typically set about uh, appointments with about 70% of them, right? Around that 65 to 75%, I'd say. So if we set, you know, if we say 10 leads a day, we set seven appointments, we'll say six, uh, we'll just say six. Three of those should set up, should be there. Closing percentage is 50% for me when I when they actually answer the phone. Um, of those, it's like 50 and up. So to be able to pay someone to make calls is not a bad investment. Um, it's a very good investment. And I think that if you know, you're able to get leads in, especially leads that are high intent and they show on the appointment, and the appointment setters doing a good job with it. This is a it's 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 going to be easier to be more profitable um, when you're really when you can really take advantage of the opportunities to make the sales, right? But it's really important that we have that skill set because um, we don't want to spend all that money and then not get any results, right? So I really recommend staying plugged into information and continuing to learn and ask questions and listen and watch. It's not that complex; it's just new right? For a lot of us. Um, what up, Nick? Jeez, I almost forgot how to unmute myself. Crazy. Losing my mind. 2024. Woo! Uh, so on the first call, um, so obviously I was trying uh, to call with my ringy and I wasn't, I was not having people answer. So I just got a new, a new batch of leads and I'm just calling for my cell phone because that's what you said that you're doing. I've gotten one person to answer out of 15 leads. 
do you text like i because you guys are having really good luck i can't figure it out like i'm calling them right as they come in i'm calling them twice and then i text them right afterwards so i'm trying to figure out how to get my answer rate better i call three times a day minimum it's less dials but like i'll call you know right when they come in i'll call three two hours after that i'll call like you know if it's nighttime i'll call nighttime for tomorrow appointments um they're not like my appointments are not all on the first call for sure. How many people do you have pick up on the first call? Not as many as you. Would okay. Think. Okay, good. All right. I was just making sure that I wasn't losing my mind over here. Yeah. Not as many as you'd think. Um, but when they do answer, they're like, yeah, what are you talking about? Sweet. Oh. Then I'm, I'm on the right page then. Yeah, that's fine. I was just like, holy cow, are these guys picking up you guys right away? What's happening to me? My mustache. Tyler, are you are you triple dialing? Um, so when I call these leads, I'm double dialing on the first round, and then everything else is a triple dial. And do you text? Yeah, so I plug them right into the real CRM, which my VA is doing, but my VA is working my text messages um, with them. So the drip campaign's going out. And then basically my VA is catching all the responses. And whenever anybody responds, the response to the text message is always something along the lines of, sounds good. We can take a look to see what's available for you. Is today or tomorrow better for a quick phone call to go over some options? It's something along the lines of that. It's acknowledge what they said, say something about it, general. I can go to most people and then try to set an appointment, right? And it's it works very well. Um, and especially for these leads, you know, they're 40 years old. Some of them are 30. You know, get a lot of 50-year-olds, some 60s. It's like they're more tech savvy for sure. Can you say your text message one more time? I didn't catch it all. Yeah. So it's always sounds good. We can take a look to see what's available for you. Dot, dot, dot. And then I hit enter twice and I'll space down and say, you know, if it's the morning, I'll say, or my VA will say, what time this afternoon makes more, most sense for a call is four or six better. So, you know, give a couple times, right? Um. And then if it's like afternoon, you know, we'll just be like, hey, is today or tomorrow better, right? And they'll usually say tomorrow and it's like, perfect. Is eight o'clock in the morning or you know, morning or afternoon or whatever it is, right? But you 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 ask two, you give them two options every time. So, hey, is uh, tomorrow afternoon best? Yes. Okay. Uh, four or six. Is morning or afternoon better? Morning, perfect. 8 a.m., 10 a.m., which one works better? But if I was going to, so here, here's an important thing is like, I would, I would never write off like these leads. You know, like I have a guy, I was telling Nick um, this pretty recently or this weekend, this guy is so interested he has two term policies right now. He pays like 350 bucks a month. And I was like, why would you have term policies? You should get, you know, something that's going to be permanent. And I basically couldn't get on the phone with him. And we we texted here and there, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
And I just recorded a Zoom video and sent him the video, like a link to the video with the passcode. He watched it and called me and was like, yeah, I want the one for $382 a month. You know, and now like we're just texting because he's he works overtime and it's like the holidays. So he's just like, hey, like when are like we're just trying to put a time together to do it. But it's like that was a lead that came in four weeks ago, but I just didn't stop connecting, you know. So it's like if you're constantly in front of them, even the ones that you don't get a hold of right away, like they're really solid. They're high intent. Right. And sometimes they're not like. They're not all extremely healthy and you're going to write a CBO every single time, but it's like, you'll find something that makes sense because there's a need. There's a real need that they have and we can customize a plan to make sense for them with our tools and resources. So it's like, it's not a walk in the park. It's not like in the dotted lines every time, but like if you're working and working the leads, like, and you have activity you're going to do great, right? How do you respond after someone says, what is that without bluntly saying it's life insurance? I feel like people build a wall. So with these leads that that we're running, they're, they're much more high intent, I'll say. Um, so that isn't really an issue for mortgage, right? When you call, they know about it. Um, for leads that are going to be uh, final expense side of things, I usually say final expense programs, right? I'll say final expense programs, um, burial programs, things like that. Final wishes programs maybe, right? But we're just using some different terminology. And all of this stuff that gets marketed in the industry, it's all life insurance. It's just marketed as a concept because it's a great way for the companies to be able to generate leads, okay? So final expense is insurance, right? It's, it's an insurance policy. Mortgage protection is an insurance policy that helps someone if they were to get in a weird spot with their mortgage. That's all it is. So um, I know we've had some people jump in and out. I'm going to recap it. Number one, we're going to mirror their energy. So if they're at work and they want to be quick, I'm quick. Perfect. Exact reason why I was calling was to set up the second call, right? If they got the time. I'm going to drip some information on them get them to lean in to want to pick up the second call. Most of our plans cover the mortgage, the equity, and your income. Do you have anything like that now? No? Okay. Once they're interested, they're like, what is that? What would it be? How much would it cost? Yeah, I'll do some homework. I'll go ahead and look at some options. Most of the people that we work with usually are working during the day. Are you? You are? Okay. So most people are home maybe about 4.30 or 7.30. Which one works better, right? Set the appointment once you get that interest. That's what I do. They lean in and I'm like taking it away right away. Um, beginning of the phone call with them, I'm trying to take control right away. Maybe I'm going to verify some information really fast. I'm going to ask them a question right away. Like I just want them to know that I'm leading the conversation, right? Hey, just want to make sure I have some of this info correct. Looks like your loan is in between the amount of 250 and 300. Is that right? Okay, perfect. How much is it? Right. Hey, Chris, this is Tyler. Just getting back to you about that mortgage protection appointment. Just wanted to make sure really fast I had some correct info. You know, like just something along the lines of that. When they respond, you're just like, okay. You know, you say yes. Or the, when they say yes, say, okay. And then you go into the script, right? But the beginning, I just, I don't want them to step on my toes and like guide the conversation. 
I want to guide the conversation. So I'm trying to take control of it right away. Um, and then like, really, you know, when you get into what, what I have so much success with in the phone call is when they grab a pen and paper, like they grab a pen and paper, I'm having them write out how much money they make a month, their equity, like they're seeing it on paper. We're not just talking about it and they're looking at it, you know, and they're like pretty much trying to figure out what the situation is going to look like if something bad happens. And they're like working the numbers out in their own head now. I'm not explaining it to them. They're seeing it, right? It's different. And then they get very, uh, they, they just, they, they, that is when they are the most willing to go forward is when we lay it out for them, right? So I think the best thing that we can do when we get on the phone is really act like we're going to be their partner because we are going forward. They don't want to be sold something, never talk to again. I want them to know I'm here for them. If they need anything, text, call, whatever it is. They never really do reach out, but you know we want them to feel like they can because they can. Um, and then ultimately, when we go into the close, I don't make it a big deal. Like some people build up the numbers a lot and like then they're like, wow, I got to make this big decision. I'm like, since it's not a matter of whether or not we're going to get it, I'll pull up the request for coverage now. As we go over these options, can you verify the spelling of your first and last name? I'm just trying to get them to think that we're already in it, like that they're already committed. I'm basically trial closing them right before I do the presentation. And so they say, you know, yeah, um, that's fine. Or yeah, that's my, uh, this is my first and last name. This is my date of birth or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, and out of these three, I want you to write these down. Tell me which one makes most sense. Or these two, sometimes I just do two just to, there's less thinking, um, because sometimes when you explain the living benefits, I have them write down like if there's accidental involved, if there's critical chronic terminal illness, I'll have them write all that stuff down. Um, so for today's training, I think appointment setting is very important to tease up how the conversation is going to go. And again, we want to make sure we're taking control of the conversation. We want to make sure that they are leaning in and being interested if we have that opportunity. And then making sure that on the first call, we're mirroring their energy. Because if someone's like, I'm at work and we're like, I just need to verify some information. And then they're like, well, I'm at work. I can't talk right now. Like we're just pissing them off. Right. And so it's different than final expense because they're not lying. <laughs> they're, they're telling the truth. So we need to treat them as such. And when they do say that, like I'm taking their word for it. And I know that the numbers work out to be 50% of those people that book will be there. And I'm closing at minimum 50% of those people that answer the phone. So, you know, if I get, if I set 10 appointments in a day and five of them show up, I'm getting two to three sales. Right. And so those are kind of the numbers. Um, any questions? So out of your first 20 that you purchase, can you expect about two to three sales off of that list? I think, think, or do you have to build up your pipeline on that? No, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to get sales with it. Um, if you do the process correctly and you're confident with your, your presentation and you're, you know, strong in, in it all, like expect to hear the only objection you're going to hear is I'm at work on the first call and on the second call. The only objection you're really going to hear is we want to think about it. And so like, if you're setting an appointment 
and anybody met, mentions a spouse or they have a spouse on the sheet, I try to ask to see if they're both there. Here's the thing. If, if, if the husband is there and the wife's not, they're gonna, it's an easy out to say, we need to talk about it. But if she's there or he's there and you're talking to one or the other, they're both looking at the numbers with you and they're like, oh, wow. Right. They feel more obligated to get it. Um, but Ray, I would say, dude, like, yeah, no reason why you can't get two sales, three sales out of that. Um, okay. So basically we're going to protect mortgage, equity, or income. Those three things, right? I tee, I tee it up as all three. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's, and, and, but the structure of the conversation is all the same or those, is it different for all three of those? That's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm having a gap right now. Cause I'm watching the videos and stuff like that. Just kind of want to get a picture in my mind of how the structure is for different, you know, each different problem you're trying to solve. So if they're, if they're really concerned about covering the whole loan, I will lead with that. Okay. If they're really concerned with, you know, if I mentioned living benefits and they love the living benefits, I'll lead with that. Right. But it's kind of like situation dependent. Um, Here's what I'll tell you though. So for like every call, I'm mentioning that for sure. I have them right down one, two, three on every call. Right. One, two, three. Okay. With that being said, if they're really healthy and I think that CBO makes sense, I have them right down four. Okay. I'll have them right down return a premium. Gotcha. That's what I was just trying to figure out what you would offer them depending on kind of guiding that you know, narrowing that, that hallway down as you're walking down it, just to make sure that you're putting them in the right thing. So, so it's going to be based off of their income and their health. That's okay. what you're making the decision on. If they're okay. on, you got to go whole life. If they have, you know, two years ago, they had a heart attack. You got to go whole life, right? Okay. If they have the $10,000 a month income and they're really healthy term, you know, they can afford it. Um, but if they have, you know, like you, you'll see it when you run the quotes, if they're 65 years old and they want to cover the whole mortgage, like a term just might not make sense. Right. So we got to tee up equity protection. And so we'll guide the conversation around whole life policy, but how it's going to protect the equity when they pass because their family is not going to have to give the house back to the bank. And for gotcha. Okay, so so basically, are you running these numbers in the underwriting, Genie? So I'm are doing, doing that. How, how do you? Yeah, nine, nine out of 10 times I'm writing America. Like, I mean, just majority of the time I'm writing America. And I'm just running it through the illustration tool through their site. Illustration tool. Okay. And so what I'm doing is, you know, once I know their health and their situation, I'm trying to write. You know, I try to, if, if it's like kind of on the border, I'll, you know, look at an option that's term and then I'll look at an option that's whole life and be like, all right, this one makes more sense. Okay. If it's too much of a stretch, I just won't present it safe and sorry. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, bro. What's up, Chris? So I had uh, actually two questions. First question I had is like, how do you um, know about how much they can afford or what's going to be a little too high for them, or like you know, they say they want to take care of the whole mortgage, but you know, five hundred a month might be too much for them. How do you know that based on their situation? And then, is there certain certain questions you ask them more than just how much is your mortgage? 
And then uh, the second question is, uh, uh, what does your follow-up look like? Or is it kind of like case by case? Um, is it kind of a case by case or, and, and then another thing on top of the follow-up is like, how often are you texting them? When do you kind of back off? When do you, I guess, like go for it? What does that look like for you? So for follow-up, I'm letting the CRM do majority of the follow-up. Uh, like I'm letting that thing run. If I can't get a hold of somebody, like when I'm calling, I'm calling from my phone. Um, when I'm, when my CRM is, is uh, texting going from the CRM number. So like I'm hitting them from two angles, right? So I'm letting that run. And if I can get a hold of them, like my CRM is still texting them, <laughs> right? And then if they do answer and like I can't and like I present or whatever, like I try to schedule an appointment in the next 48 hours, like try to the next day. Um, and then I'm trying to follow up and close on the third call. No doubt. I'm doing everything I can to overcome everything to push through everything because at that point, like they're probably just not going to do it if they, they delay again. Right. Um, and then, so to be able to determine like what they want or like what's, what makes the most sense, like it's really just going to come down to what you can lead with value wise. Right. Cause if I could, I'm going to give you an example. If I could write a term 100 because it's lower cost than a CBO. And the most important thing to this person is covering the entire loan. That might make more sense than leading with a CBO because they don't even, they don't want a CBO. They just want the whole mortgage covered. So it kind of depends case by case. Like, you know, if someone wants, if someone wants the whole thing covered, I'll just build the value and how it's so beneficial to have 50% of the mortgage payments. Right. And they'll be like, oh, okay, wow. You know, I'll try to make them see that, right? Because it's going to be unrealistic to present anything else. So I know that presenting numbers that don't make sense isn't worth it. Um, how to know when numbers don't make sense. It's really a ballpark yes, right? It's like an educated decision that you're just making as you're going into your presentation. If someone makes $5,000 a month and you show something, you know, that might be, I don't know. I, I I can't even think of an example, but the idea is that we don't want to show something that, that's going to totally turn them off. So like if you can get the feeling that they have money to spend and it's not really a big deal, show, you know, be comfortable showing whatever. But if you can tell they're kind of frugal, like maybe they don't want to spend a lot, they're asking some price questions, like I'm going to try to keep it on the affordability side, right? Sometimes I ask them, how much are your other monthly expenses? Because nobody knows your budget better than you. 100% of my clients agree that if it's outside the budget, it doesn't make sense to do, right? Something like that. And they'll just tell me, hey, like I, I only have $1,000 to spend every month. So I'm like, all right, maybe like 100, 200 bucks a month. I'm 